0: Made it. Hey everybody. <laughs> hey. I just I had to burp and I was trying When we, we have no mind. guests here, we go just fine. I know 20 seconds of silence. Five seconds in of having a guest here, you're just like on the floor laughing. <laughs> after, after explaining to the guests we're not laughing we're not gonna laugh then you're the one that laughs i have the worst the worst <laughs> hey kidding. everybody
1: welcome to another amazing week of case files with Kat and ashley and melissa Hey! hey, hey. hey. That's awesome. Uh, So uh, Melissa is here with us today because I was explaining to her in the kitchen earlier. I said, you know, we do a lot of stories about um, domestic violence, but we never actually talk about specifically domestic violence. And so Ashley had come up with the idea to invite Melissa, who is Bay Area Turning Point's outreach education and prevention manager. Um, To talk to us about DV and, you know, I'm sure there's there's stories and questions that we're going to ask. And I told her, we're going to interrupt you because that's just what we do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And, you know, I just um, I I heard Melissa speak and just the amount of people who didn't realize all of the things that domestic violence can be is not just bruises Mm. that you can see. And so I think it's important for people to know you know, just more other than what they, the common, you know, thoughts are about it. Like it's,
1: right. you know. I think she said something like she was surprised at the amount of questions and the types of questions, like there was just a lot, she said. And I, I, that surprised me too. I don't know that I would have. Well,
0: and I think a lot of people didn't want to publicly ask questions too. So I think, oh, so I think, just openly talking about it where people don't have to necessarily ask the question. Yeah. Um, it would be helpful. That's awesome. Okay. So, um,
1: if you're listening to, if you're listening to this, um, you, we say it all the time, but if you ever need to reach out to anybody, you can reach out to us. We will give you resources. We will help you, um, get to safety or if you just have questions about a friend or anything like that, reach out to us. We tell you all the time. Um, okay. So I had a question of the week.
0: Yes. Do you have it up? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, it, the question of, Oh man, now it's not See? loading
1: here. This is what, what no, happened. no, no, no.
0: <laughs> it, it was okay. I had all the answers up. So then I had okay, it back out. It okay. Have it have says, it Oh,
1: vampires okay. hate garlic. Fairies hate iron. I didn't know that. That's a new to me. I didn't know that either. Ghosts hate salt. Werewolves hate wolf's bane. If one substance was your bane, what would it be?
0: I'm pretty sure last time I said IPA, but I know you're going to roll your eyes. <sighs> so I will say the other thing I can't stand at all is mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. Don't like it. Really? Won't eat a burger if it's on it. Really, don't like it. Nope. it has to be like mixed in with something like a sauce or like deviled eggs or whatever. It can't just be. It can't just be mayonnaise. By
1: but can you tell the difference if what if it was like what if it looked like mayonnaise it was like it, it was butter or something? <laughs>
0: What? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Why would there be butter on a hamburger on a, bun? On, because you I know mean you, on the bun, you, yeah. yeah. But um, No, if I can taste it, if it looks like mayonnaise, if no. it smells like mayonnaise, if I can taste it, I, it's not one of those things that I can just scrape off and keep going. I won't oh. eat it, period. Oh. I won't even use a knife that what? someone else used to cut their burger if their burger oh, yeah. had mayonnaise. <laughs> I can't do it. It's gross. I don't like it. That is so My mom also hates mayonnaise, so I don't know if it was just like passed down. I don't know. I hate it. I only like it when it's mixed in with, like, really? other stuff where I can't taste it. Yeah. I,
1: I, that can't be hereditary, but I, maybe it is. <laughs> I don't maybe know. Maybe that's going to be a new 23andMe questionnaire. Do you <laughs> like mayonnaise? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> we'll ask all your relatives. All right. How about you, Melissa? I know you said you answered
2: it on Facebook. I did. But what was I your mean, answer? Ashley, after what you just said, you're going to hate my answer. Hard-boiled eggs. So you don't
1: even like deviled eggs? Nope. No. No deviled eggs. No. I don't
2: like the texture. I don't like the smell of them. I will eat eggs any other way except for hard-boiled.
0: See, the I, weirdest I, what, thing. what's Scr- weird is I hate runny fried eggs. I will not eat them. I won't eat the oh, yolk. of them. But I will eat scrambled eggs. I will eat deviled eggs. I will eat the yolk in any other format unless it's runny.
2: See, I'll eat, th- and I just got, I just started I'm eating like, them that way probably, like, what's this year, five years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's this year? What's this year? I, so, I, I, it's been only, that year. You've only started eating eggs five years ago? No,
2: no, the runny eggs. Oh, runny eggs. Like poached eggs, like over medium, things like that, where the yolk wow. is actually running. Before that, I would only eat them scrambled.
0: Yeah, I have a wow. lot of weird food food things. So well, and,
2: I, and like I'm one of those weird people, so I hate cucumbers. I do, but too. I'll eat anything made out of cucumbers. Yes, and same. up until probably two years ago, I hated tomatoes, but I would eat anything made out of tomatoes. Same. Now I'll eat tomatoes, but
0: I am the same way. She I hate cucumbers, tomatoes. but I'll eat pickles all day long.
2: I, oh yeah, I, I so, hate cucumbers. So said ways perfectly
1: into my answer, which is
0: sorry, pickles. we're just running away into the show here. <gasps> yeah
1: can't do... You're can't out. Do That's it. Melissa's the new host.
0: It's now Case Files with Melissa and Ashley. <laughs> but give me a cucumber. We're still going to have to have the show in your house, though, and okay. use your equipment. Yeah. But you and, can just watch from the kitchen. And the wizard will still have to be yes. the fucking yes. wizard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, he's not... He didn't upset us. Just you. Oh, this is going to come out Friday, by the way. Like That is okay. blasphemy. <laughs> I know. I have, n- I have never, ever,
1: ever liked anything pickled. Anything, anything pickled. I love
0: pickled
2: stuff. Nope. Love it. So did y'all know that you can pickle a cucumber without it actually turning into a pickle? No, I did not. I I did not realize this until I went to this restaurant, like across town somewhere. And they had pickled cucumbers on a pizza. And they weren't exactly pickles, but they were pickled so, I don't know it that was, that's
0: possible. It is. Really? So wow. it,
2: it doesn't sit as long in eat, the brine. Do you eat pickled eggs? I never eat pickled
0: eggs. Mm, I don't know that I've ever had one. Well,
1: mm. they're hard-boiled, but exactly. they're pickled, and you'll eat anything pickled. I did
2: not say anything. I said I... Okay, let me take that back. I will eat Pink most feet? things. Nope. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, okay ooh, let's look good. at, like, normal stuff, okay, like right, pickled right. carrots, pickled oh, onions.
1: So <laughs> yeah. They're so good. Okay, y'all are just, I know, I know, I'm, I know I, I'm the oddball, but that's, that's my well, thing. Okay. Yeah. So. We had so
0: many answers, by the way. As so long as you didn't say bacon, I saw somebody answers. say bacon. Someone said bacon. Oh, somebody wow. said that's it. bacon. They're going to be banned from the page was, uh, <laughs> and look at that. I
2: don't gonna, know. I just remember seeing it. It's
0: not my family. I can deal with somebody I think I'm going to weed out my friends list by looking at your answers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not your friend, not your friend. Yeah, basic. New
1: phone. Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic. Block, block, block. Um, We're just that's kidding funny. with all of you. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Okay, so (laughs) we do
0: have um, a voicemail left by Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. Before I play this voicemail, I want to give a shout out. Oh, we Because there was a business event, and Deanne, who uh, we've talked about many times, she she comes up to me and she says, I was at this wedding, and I met this lady, and we got to talking, and somehow the podcast came up, and she talked about how she was a huge, huge fan. And so her name is Erin... Cooper I hope I got that right Aaron Cooper y'all met at Lee and Tyler's wedding so thank you for being a fan thank you for listening it's very exciting when we hear about Shout people in the out. wild who love us
1: and her phone number is and I'm just kidding, <laughs> person, last name. um yeah we have talked about DM before her son was the one yes. that entered into the Emily Morgan Hotel is that right um he was I, shooting in there or something he was
0: shooting, so i I wanna say it was, but honestly, I can't remember where he was shooting. Mm-hmm. He was shooting somewhere, and he had the I feel
1: like that was it the scratches on his
0: arms and stuff, but I think she said that's happened a few times, yeah, no. I lost the voicemail, sorry,
1: okay, so that'll come later, in that <laughs> yeah I'm episode. so sorry she's gonna look for that while we're talking, <laughs> but um, okay, so Melissa, I know you have like a spiel that you normally do. When we talk about domestic violence, No, not make give the spiel. I'm not going to make you <laughs> give the spiel. We, we're drinking alcohol. There's not you can't do the spiel. Like this is, but no idea what you're
0: talking about. <laughs> not all this of us are drinking. Alcohol. Files.
1: Okay, but she is. She's drinking. That's what we didn't do. We didn't talk about what we're drinking. Yes, y'all so talk about drinking, what you're drinking.
0: You're drinking
2: what? I'm drinking Carbach Ranch water, prickly pear.
1: And so that sounds delicious, actually. It
2: is actually very delicious. Is it a
1: cocktail or is it like, is is it like a, like a Truly?
2: It's like a Truly, but it's not as sweet as Truly's. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's got more of like the beer-ish flavor to it.
1: Oh, truly
2: First, I mean, I like Trulies, but honestly, they, they're way too sweet for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, the Prickly Pear is sweet, but it still kind of has that um, more
0: carbonated taste.
1: Oh, okay. Right on. And I'm just drinking a tex Hex because that's what I just have a lot of in my house.
0: Um, I found the voicemail. Okay.
1: So now we're going to go into the Sarah <laughs> Sarah segment. Hey, y'all. Sarah Sarah with this
2: week's Sarah Sarah segment. Just got to say that I've
0: missed y'all the past two weeks, so I'm excited for this week's episode. And all I'm going to chime in this week is go Astros, boo Yankees. Okay, that's all. Bye.
1: This, This is a note from Jason. Sarah, can you next time record yourself inside of the airplane or in the jet of the airplane that you're
0: in? Like, where are you when you're recording this? It just sounds like so loud. And he can't take out. It does out. honestly sound like, she, at least on our end, it sounds like you're in an airplane. It
1: sounds like you're in front of the airplane <laughs> jet. It just sounds so
0: loud. So uh,
1: he can't take that out. So next time, just, you know, leave us a voice memo. It doesn't have to actually be on the voicemail.
2: That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. That's
0: all I'm going to say. But we still love you, Sarah. You're welcome anytime. You're not banned anymore.
2: I would just like to say I want to know what the bet's going to be between my family and my Yankee family this year for the playoffs. Mm. It's always been some form of alcohol or food.
1: Okay. Well, I think the other (laughs) team should have to wear the other team's swag for like
2: a whole day. Oh, we have no problem doing that. Oh, really? Yeah, but one year there was a brisket on the line. One year there was whiskey on the line. Okay, well. uh, the New York hot dogs that you get on the street. Oh, man. I love whenever we get those.
1: <laughs> oh, you ask for them to send you New York hot dogs? Yeah, oh, we yeah. have a bet. Oh.
2: So okay. I think one year um, one year it was if the Astros won, they had to send us the uh, Sabrettes. Those soubrette hot dogs from New York. Mm. And if we won, we had to send them a brisket
0: oh, from Texas. I see. I Yay. see. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Interesting. Well. I don't watch baseball, but I need to make some kind of bet with my family to win. Go straight. North- go send me all the country ham from North Carolina. <laughs> and I will send you, I don't know, a Texas brisket, <laughs> Bucky's Nuggets or something.
2: <laughs> right.
0: They love Bucky's. Anything from Bucky's. Anything. So, I mean, that, the, I do do that trade. When my when my little brother them. lived in North Carolina, he would send me country ham, and I would send him Bucky stuff. bucky's beef jerky. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. So anyway. All right. Yeah, so on,
1: we're getting on <laughs> to the thing. So uh, yeah. So back to your spiel, not spiel. Um, you want to just give an overview of domestic violence and just kind of do like that, that basic spiel? Cause we're not going to talk about work, but <laughs> like our, our workplace in particular and what we offer, but like very macro level of domestic violence signs and what people can do. I'm just going to let you take it away.
2: Yeah. Um, if you just leave it open like that, you know we're going to be here all night. Well, that's fine. <laughs> So, I'm just kidding. No, okay. like, no, we're not. I'm going to cut, cut that shit short. I'm going <laughs> to cut y'all off in like an hour. No. So, um, if we're talking about the legal definition in Texas, um, it focuses on, and I don't have the words right in front of me, but it focuses on physical abuse. So, somebody intending harm to a member of the household, a family member, Whenever we're talking about domestic violence, the relationships that would qualify for domestic violence would be a relative, whether that be through blood or through marriage. That could be an intimate partner, a dating partner, a spouse. Or a roommate, because the definition says that it can be a household member. If you're living with somebody, even if you're not related, they're still a household yeah. member. So that's why that will be considered domestic violence.
1: Can it be just someone you're
2: dating that you don't live with? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you can, it can be a dating partner as okay. well. So, you hear different terms being used. You hear family violence, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. dating violence. It's all interchangeable, but they do kind of refer to a specific relationship. So, whenever you hear domestic violence, that's kind of the umbrella of okay. everything. Whenever you hear family violence, they're talking more about spouses or relatives. Like elder abuse. hmm or child abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're talking about intimate partner violence, you're talking, again, about either a spouse or a significant other that you have that relationship with where you are living together. You have been together for a long time. Um, it's not a casual relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the dating violence would be more that casual relationship. You haven't really taken that step to where you're living together, where you have kids together. You're not talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. been on a couple of dates, but abuse can still happen. So the broad definition that we like to give is domestic violence is a pattern of systematic abusive behavior used to gain or maintain power and control over another person. So domestic violence, sexual assault, that is all about power and control.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One of the things that we like to do whenever we're talking to people is a little myth and fact activity. And okay. one of the things that we ask are one of the statements that we give is anger management is an effective way to address deep rooted issues that lead to domestic violence. Is that true or false? A lot of people think that
0: that's true. But oh, I thought I thought you were about to say it was true.
2: Domestic violence has nothing to do with anger. It has to do with power and control.
0: I think in movies they do
2: show that it's really
1: you're I'm angry at you yeah. and then I so the, so that's an un- uh-huh. incorrect.
2: That's an incorrect. Yep. So that kind of jumps ahead to risk factors. A lot of times abusers will associate anger with violence. Mm-hmm. Anger is an emotion. Anger is something that we can deal with in a healthy manner. Violence is a behavior. So violence and anger don't necessarily go hand in hand. You don't have to be violent if you're angry. If I'm angry, I go for a run and listen to angry music. Mm-hmm. That is a healthy way mm-hmm. to do maybe I not cried. the music maybe not the music that I listen to but that's a healthier way of dealing with your anger crying too I, I cry and I'm like just
1: because I'm crying doesn't mean you've won <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's, that's that's a way just to, the way
2: I get it out That's I a guess. way to release emotion mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the emotion is mm-hmm. That's a way to release emotion and that's another risk factor is suppressing your emotions if you don't release your emotions, Then that can, so the example that I use is a Coke bottle. Imagine that the contents of a Coke bottle are your emotions. So what happens whenever you get the smallest little shake of those emotions, whenever they've been building and building and building, that pressure builds and then there's an explosion, Keep going. We've got a concert going on here. concert in a golf cart. A golf cart. <laughs> so that's the example I like to use to express or to talk about that is the expression or suppression of feelings and emotions. People think that expressing your emotions is weakness, whenever, yeah, in right. fact, it should be a strength. It should be considered a strength because whenever you are releasing those emotions, you are feeling your feelings. That's a way of healing. And
1: I think that's probably why so many men are more likely to be perpetrators of violence because they're not being taught to show those other emotions. They can show anger, but they can't Mm -hmm. show sadness or, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, unfortunately, whenever we're born, whatever gender we are assigned at birth, we are put into a box. Right. So we are put into this box of man and woman. Mm -hmm. And we are told what it means to be a man, what defines a man, and then what it means to be a woman, what defines a woman. Yeah. So what it means to be a man is that you're strong. You don't show emotion. That's what kids are taught from birth. That's what little boys are taught from the moment they come out of the womb is that you don't show emotion. You are a strong, dominant person. Man up. Man up. Exactly. Throw some dirt on it. Shake it off. Boys don't cry. That's what they're taught. It's a great cure song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, so that's the, the, I mean, going into the solving the issue is how do you, I mean, I'm skipping way ahead, but <laughs> if we're, if we're already putting people in boxes at birth, what chance, what chance does any anyone have, I guess, unless you have people who are cool, like, Cry it out, son. Cry it out.
2: (laughs) At the moment, uh, there's not enough people that are willing to let their children break out of these boxes. There's not enough people willing to break out of these boxes regardless. I mean, period. For themselves. Yeah. Um, What it's going to take is for people to unlearn these behaviors, for people to stop saying this is what it means to be a man, this is what it means to be a woman, because they're leaving out a whole other population
0: there.
1: So if a perpetrator goes to anger management, they're being taught how to manage what? Just manage their anger.
2: Mhm. So what we would like for people to go to are better intervention programs, better intervention and prevention programs. What these do is these do address those deep-rooted issues. Better
1: that- Better intervention?
2: Yes. Okay. Better intervention and prevention better. programs. So these are offered through criminal justice programs. And what these do is, these do address those deep rooted issues that has caused somebody to become a perpetrator of domestic violence or sexual assault. And what these do is, they hold the people accountable for their actions and unfortunately as a society we are not holding abusers accountable for their actions we are instead blaming the victims asking why they don't leave and that mm. is a whole other ball game right there
0: it makes me so angry on all of these articles like you see the comments stuff of people going on and on about well, why didn't she just leave or why didn't he just leave as if it's just like that easy to do. It's not easy to do when it's not a domestic violence situation, let alone in that case. Because um, I've heard you guys say before, like that's the most dangerous time, right, for, for a victim.
2: And usually this is my interactive piece of the presentations that I give. But two numbers that I'm going to throw out mm-hmm. that I want burned into people's brains. In Texas, in 2021... Sorry. I'm big with hand movements. In Texas in 2021, 44% of the homicides that occurred were whenever somebody was trying to seek help or trying to leave. Forty. 44%. Almost half of domestic violence related homicides so whenever they were trying to leave. Nationally, that number is much bigger. Nationally, that number is 75%. 75% of domestic violence related homicides in the nation happen whenever somebody's trying to leave because the abuser has lost that power and control. And just because you get somebody out safely does not mean that they are safe because it can take up to a year or two before the abuser decides to just give up. They will continue searching for that person. That's heavy.
1: Like I just want everybody to sit with that for a little bit, and you know we've talked about Savannah. I, we've had Savannah's dad, Michael Kinchin, on the show um, to talk about it was. We he was still uh, Trent was still on the on the run, so they hadn't found him. They were they were following his social media movements. He had a bunch of different aliases and all that kind of stuff, um, and it wasn't if it wasn't for the. Uh, girl that he was dating at the time, something spooked her. And she found out who he was when he was asleep. And she ran, gra- you know, grabbed her stuff and ran um, ca- and called the police. And he, he shot himself when the police arrived. Um, that woman was interviewed by Lifetime. Um, and they found out before the, the episode aired that she had killed herself that young woman. And oh um, I don't think that wherever she was in her life, she left behind two younger children, um, which is heart-wrenching. But what I believe Savannah's parents felt was that she was another victim of Trent's because what whatever was happening in that relationship, I'm sure she didn't think that he would shoot himself. But then her action to call the police to turn him in probably did not sit well with her. Yeah, and she had tried to reach out to the Kensens, but they were not ready to to speak with her. Um, and I think that that probably weighs heavy on them now. But they just weren't ready. They probably still aren't ready to have had a conversation with her. But, um, but she she did um commit suicide. I'm sure all of that. I don't know where she was in her life to end up with Trent in a living in a van, but she ran as soon as
2: she found out who he was, something yeah. happened. And while she lost her own life, that that's definitely a shame because I'm, um, you know, I am curious if she was falling into the same trap that he had set for Savannah, but at the same time, she was very brave doing what she did. Yep, And she probably saved several more lives.
0: So one one thing that I heard at at the uh, event um well there was a couple of numbers they threw out about and I and I don't know the exact numbers so that's why I'm asking they said one in every how many people are um probably or experienced domestic violence I think they said one in four one in four that that the is that s- women or one in four people
2: one in four women one in seven men
1: wow and that's something that people don't really n- know how to talk
0: about, or? I, I don't think it, I think it's that they don't want to believe that it that it could be someone that they know, or that it could even be themselves, right? Like they want to convince that it's happening to, to someone else, and they don't want to think about it, is what I think. Um, because I know that when those numbers were said, it was kind of like an eye opener for a lot of people who haven't experienced um, domestic violence themselves. So,
2: well, and a lot of people that become perpetrators or become victims have possibly experienced abuse in their homes before. That is one of the risk factors, but also one of the red flags of domestic violence is it occurred in the homes whenever they were children, whether it was mm. to them or they witnessed it. Because whenever you're a child. You know, what you see is what you know. Yeah. You don't know any different. So whenever you grow up in a home where there's abuse, that's viewed as normal.
1: Yeah. They don't
2: know any different. If If someone treats
1: you like this, that's what you know to be. That's how you're supposed to be treated.
0: Exactly.
2: And, you know, on the other side, if I see one parent treating another like this, that's how I'm supposed to treat my spouse or my partner.
1: If they're the same gender as you are. Yeah. It's it. We have a friend um, who will come over sometimes and there it's it, we're the escape house, you know, like, but there's, there's a child involved and he won't the he's the stay at home parent. And so he's, he's dependent on her salary they have us they have um, a son with autism and so he's really the he is the primary caregiver he is the caregiver and he needs her money
0: which can on that note can you talk about some of the like the other ways that they might be controlled you know like I know you've mentioned before like the financial side of things, like it's not just physical. So can you talk about some of like the other factors that are part of, you know, part of domestic violence?
2: Yes. So what we, what we like to use is what we, um, is the power and control wheel. I can't tell you exactly who created it, but we do use it quite often. It can be found online. So this kind of goes over the different ways that people manipulate and abuse others. So they will use intimidation. They'll make threats. They will display weapons. They'll abuse pets. They'll destroy property. I'm sorry if you touch my dog. Like I'm either going to fly off the rails or I'm going to stay right where I am because I don't want my baby being hurt. Um, that's a, that's another reason why a lot of people stay is because whenever pets are involved, they don't want to leave their pet behind. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Um, there's also the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse. So whenever people are being put down, being called names, being blamed for their own victimization, um, that's also the minimizing, denying, and blaming. So making light of the abuse, saying it never happened, or making the victim think that it's their fault. We also have gaslighting, which falls under the emotional abuse. We have isolation, which we saw big rise in, or I don't think it was necessarily... Yeah, it was it was definitely a rise, but I don't think it really came to light that this was a method being used until COVID hit, whenever people couldn't mm. leave their homes. But this is basically where the abuser is saying where you can go, what you can do, who you can talk to, who you can follow on social media, what you can wear, what you can, just what you can do. Period. They control every aspect of your life, and then they cut you off from any kind of support system that you have. So if you do decide to leave, you have nowhere to go.
0: Um, do you happen to know the number of pan- about the increase in domestic violence during COVID? I remember it was like a, like a huge increase in Texas. I don't
2: have the numbers here in front of me, yeah. but I, it was a big one. Yeah, oh, wait, uh, you're talking about like the, are you talking about the number of homicides? M-
0: maybe. I just remember at the event, like one of the numbers was like the increase of um, homicides and violence during during covid
2: Cases definitely went up. Homicides went up 23% from 2019 to 2020.
1: So, um, it went down a bit, um, from 2020 to 2021, but it's still over. So in Texas alone, um, there were still over two hundred. I don't remember the exact number. Two
0: hundred four.
2: Two hundred four. Yeah, I
0: just remember it was like when she, when that number came up, it was just it was two twenty eight. before.
2: So, and the other thing to kind of touch on, though, um, and I think this is what they report on TCFV, the Texas Council on Family Violence. They were they report on intimate partner violence. They're mm-hmm. not touching on the other stuff. They're not oh. touching on the roommates. Oh. They're not touching on the family members. This is intimate partner violence cases that they're reporting.
0: That's interesting.
2: And these are reported. So, yeah, homicides are reported, but it's not always reported as a domestic violence or intimate partner homicide. Especially, sorry, being in Texas, especially if it is a LGBTQ plus couple they're not necessarily going to classify it as domestic violence
1: so you started talking about the the power control wheel you got oh, intimidation oh yeah I only got halfway yeah, through yeah, sorry it.
0: <laughs> i just i get real fascinated by numbers cuz like i think it's it's so mind blowing when you think about how much is happening around you Mm -hmm. When you're not seeing what's happening behind closed doors, like it's just, it's insane to me. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. I will not interrupt (laughs) while you talk about the rest of the wheel. It's
2: totally okay. Y'all interrupt away. So then we have, oh man, what's next on the wheel? I might be skipping over something. Y'all forgive me. So you have your economic abuse. This is where they're making people are making their victims ask for money. They give them an allowance. Um, They won't let them have access to family funds. Uh, You basically have to ask for any kind of money. So even, you know, sometimes even if the victim is the breadwinner, the abuser has so much control over them that they will still control all the money. Hmm. Um, You do have, and no offense to men here, I did not create this wheel, but statistically speaking, most of the time perpetrators are men. Most of the time victims are female. Male privilege is another one. So men acting like they're master of the castle and going back to what we were talking about with those gender roles, the the boxes that we get put in whenever we're born. So men are born to be the dominant ones. They're born to be the strong ones. They're born to be the leaders and they basically feel like they're entitled to whatever they want because they were born male. So that's another one. This is what the boxes that I was talking about. We refer to that as gender socialization. Mm -hmm. So what, what society defines what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And then you have, um, you have coercive tactics, so that's when people are threatening suicide. If you leave me, I'm going to kill myself.
0: I see that a lot. Like I hear I that see a lot from, from people that I know. It's a control tactic.
2: Yikes. Yeah. So they will threaten to commit suicide if the person leaves them. They'll threaten to report them to welfare. They will threaten to report them to immigration. We see this a lot with undocumented survivors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other one that I was missing was uh, using children. So they'll use children to try to relay messages to the victim. They'll use the children to try to guilt trip the victim. They'll use visitation to make threats. And then they'll threaten to take the children away. Because they know that if the victim leaves, they have nowhere to go. They have no support system. Basically, they're going to be out on the streets. And so they will bring that to the custody hearings and say, well, she ain't got nowhere to go. They're going to be living on the streets or in a shelter. So that is the sad realities of domestic violence.
0: I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know. Like it's so tragic that it's so common and there's not really a way to stop it, you know, until it's too late in most cases, um, and it's just really, really sad.
1: And there's lots of national numbers, and, you know, there's the different hotlines to call, so I'm just going to plug it again here. If you need help finding resources... We can help you find that um, yes
0: we we've had people reach out to us and this is this so. since
1: it is domestic violence awareness month, we've felt it only only appropriate to talk about this during the month, but we talk about it so much in our stories, but it's just it's just a it's just a passing part of the story a lot of them um a lot of the stories that we talk about, you know especially serial killers most, if not all, had, you know, abusive home lives or mm-hmm. um, were abused, were the abused by their parents, but, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So we I mean, just, every, I think almost all of them.
0: So I think <laughs> another misconception I see a lot is that it only happens in adult relationships. Um, how common is it like in, in like teen relationships? Cause I know um, there's a statistic for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I believe that statistic is one in 10 teens. Oh, I know wow. it's 1.5 million teens nationally annually are in wow. teen dating violence relationships.
1: And this is, again, not just physical. It can be sexual and
2: financial and coercive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of that. Absolutely. Hi. Yeah. Whenever your 15-year-old is coming home and getting 30 messages from her boyfriend within... 20 minutes. That's not normal. Okay. What else is it normal? I mean, you see a lot of the same things that you do. I mean, you see a lot of the same red flags. They're extremely jealous. Um, they're controlling. They, they try to isolate the victim. They try to, Tell them that this sport and that sport aren't good for them, or you shouldn't be hanging out with that person. They don't like me. I don't think your mom likes me either. Maybe we shouldn't be around your parents as much. Wow. Um, Is, um,
1: what's the word that I'm looking for? Stalking. Is stalking uh, a sign of, of is that on the abuse wheel, or is that...
2: Is that something totally separate? So stalking is, I don't think it's on the power and control wheel, but that is also a tactic that is used. Um, A lot of times they're going to use that tactic whenever they feel like they're losing control or Mm -hmm. whenever the person is left. But they will also keep tabs on their victim while they're still in the relationship. So they'll put tracking devices. mm -hmm. They'll hack into their location services. That's why it's important to if you feel like you're in a domestic violence relationship or you feel like things are off, keep your location services off. Mm -hmm. Keep your profiles and your email, all that private.
1: Change your passwords. Change passwords.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing that they do is ask for passwords (coughs) because, you know, if we really trusted each other, we should be able to have each other's passwords, but I'm not going to give you mine. You just got to give me yours. That's another control tactic.
1: I did some research cuz there is like a, a stalking awareness month. I can't remember when that is. There I think it's January. Every month. There's it's January, I think. Yeah, and it gets overshadowed it by gets human over- trafficking right. awareness. But but what I was learning was that of of the of the femicides which is women who were killed by men, I think mm-hmm. it was the the statistic was 75% of the those who were killed who were in relationships at the time had all been stalked within that year by, oh. by
2: their partner. Mm-hmm. I, I have not seen that statistic, but it doesn't surprise me.
1: There's a whole website, stalkinginformation.org or something. Yeah, I can't, I I'll can't. have to look, look that but it up, but it, there's just lots and lots and lots of information. And I'm, my mind is just, was just being blown up because I was like, I had no idea because it's not seen as, that big of a deal when a police officer is arresting someone for stalking you, then it's, it's like, leave her alone. You know, yeah. There's not well, that's I what
0: I was gonna say. And that's when they take it seriously, when they take it seriously, because we've done many stories where a person has reported someone multiple times for stalking them for harassing them for showing up at their job for not following restraining orders, and then they get killed before the police ever take it serious. Savannah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: Savannah's husband was stalking her, and they had to get a protect, a
2: restraining order on him before she was even dead. So something that I do want to clarify is whenever it does come to domestic violence, stalking, sexual assault, human trafficking, you do not want to get a restraining order. You want to get a protective order.
0: Oh, is there... What's the difference? Big difference. <laughs> well, the business
2: well, got the, the restraining order. Business, yes. Because restraining orders protect property.
0: Oh. Whereas
2: a protective order will protect actual people. So protective orders are specific to domestic gotcha. violence, sexual assault, trafficking, and stalking.
1: Yeah. He would show up at night looking for her oh and, like, gosh. show up on, in the windows. And, like, funeral homes are already scary. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, you know, you just see this
2: face, you know, looking through the window. Y'all can't see this, but my eyes just got really big because just even that thought is terrifying. just
1: like burning down. And he was so pasty, pale, white. I'd be like, (laughs) where's the the salt? Where's the salt? (laughs) Where's the salt? salt? Yeah. So, yeah. Stalking is even uh, uh, someone who used to work. With us, who went to go work at a police department, I think that we he was telling me or telling John um, that there's like a quota, uh, you know, you we can only arrest somebody so many times, or in a month you can only have so many stalking arrests. After that, you just kind of have to give them a, a slap on the wrist. Shouldn't like, it, like, it that be a sign h- if
0: you've arrested them? I was,
1: was going to say. It happens so often that there's a cap.
2: And <laughs> if I think happens that doesn't so even often,
0: makes sense to no, me. No, that doesn't
2: make sense at all. I would think that if it happens so often, then that's whenever you slap them in county.
0: Well,
1: it's not just one person. There are so many different people getting arrested for stalking. And it's a very small number, 10, but if 10 people in a month are getting arrested for stalking and there's like 10 more and you're not arresting them because you've already met your quota, like that's crazy. Like, I guess that is so much red tape. They don't want it for something like that because these people were probably in relationships And you're back where every, why don't they just leave? Mm-hmm. And you're back in that situation. Like, well, they're not going to press charges or they're not going, you know, like there's just probably red tape. There's the bureaucracy of it.
2: Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Yes. There are some police officers that don't take things seriously, but, um, what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of times their hands are tied. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones that get to make that call. They can make the arrest but they can't they can't make the charges go through so
0: th- do, is there a situation outside of the victim dying where the where the police can press the charges even if the victim says no or does it always have to be the victim has to be the one that says i want to press charges no
2: mm-hmm. no extreme circumstances like aggravated assault yeah They will. What's aggravated assault? Whenever there's extensive bodily injury, weapons being used, there's kidnapping, extreme measures. That's whenever it's kind of out of the victim's hands. Mm. So, and that kind of leads me to another uh, point. Do y'all know what the leading red flag is to domestic violence homicide? Oh, I do. But I work there. Yeah, you're not allowed to answer. I,
0: I, I don't even... I can't even guess.
2: Strangulation.
0: Oh.
2: And not the fun kind.
1: Nope. Just had to put it in there. <laughs> it in there. <laughs> Look, guys,
0: this is a very serious subject, so we have Sorry. to, like, break I it up where we can to. because Damn. it is... I just had
1: to. Just, like, this one knows what I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And in true case files with Kat and Ashley fashion, we had a technical glitch. A glitch so bad that even our effing wizard couldn't fix it. So, you know what this means. It means you get the next half hour of your life back. You're welcome. But in the meantime, the conversation that Ashley and Melissa and I had was really important and we we want to make sure that you check out the show notes we're going to have all the links to uh, the pieces that we talked about but also resources we have them if you need anything we say it all the time reach out we'll help you find help see you all next week everyone bye